Welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. Today we're going to be talking about something rather personal, um, my personal experience that I hope will resonate with you and will give you some um, something of what you need on your recovery journey. This is a letter to my XXX husband with NPD and it's called why I can't leave you behind how can I leave you behind and move on with my life it's been three months since you left me behind but I can't let go and walk away sure I managed to survive. I made big decisions, learned to be alone, tried to be with others, did all of the things to cut the cord, suffered incomprehensible pain, and tried to be brave. But at the end of it all, my logical, reasonable, cognitive self had come to possess a deep and profound understanding of it all. It was the emotional, dependent, archaic wounds that would not allow me to accept with my heart and my body what my mind already knew. And therein lies the problem faced by those trying to recover from the trauma of a relationship with someone like you, someone with NPD. In the days following your departure, I developed PTSD, acute panic disorder, and a host of other issues that made me long for the life that we had, the future that you promised we would have, and the past that is powerful and ever-present. It was a miracle that we found each other in the first place. The little girl inside me saw the little boy inside you, and there was an instant knowing. We were the same. We were there to help each other and be stronger together. Both of us were abused and raised by wolves, ravenous flesh-eating mothers who beat us and battered us and tore our little child hearts to pieces. They fed on us, demented and perverse, ravenous and possessed, they violated us. When they were absent, they gave us to others who did even worse. Lost in their madness, their self-absorption, their whatever that was, they did their best to drag us into their world of darkness, selfish indulgence, narcissistic, narcissistic delusions, endless contempt, they envied us and hated us. We had potential, chances, open doors, good looks, good brains. It made them contemptuous and angry. How dare we be better than them with their fading power and charm? And what of our fathers? Well, gone. You know, um, your father abandoned you by dying. My father found places to hide. 
We were both left behind with poisonous mothers who wanted to drink our blood. And what of the others, the other people around us? Did they try to help? No, never, not one person. They preyed upon us with such shameless and wanton depravity that we were raped daily, physically, emotionally, mind-raped, spiritually raped, socially raped, psychically raped, incestuously raped, by relatives and peers and preachers and sponsors and strangers. They tore off our clothes, so we stood naked in front of the whole uncaring world in full display with our perfect skin and our perfect young bodies, only to be humiliated, degraded, shamed, exploited, ravaged, manipulated, deceived, injured, terrified, ridiculed, and condemned. Judged by the courts of men as inferior, damaged, garbage, with no worth or respect or dignity or hope. We fought back with our powerless little fists, overpowered by those who were bigger and stronger. We swallowed our anger and fear, numbed ourself in some dissociative disconnect from reality, law, raw and bleeding, no more tears to cry, no more voice to call out for help in a place where no one ever heard our desperate screams growing softer until finally silenced. When I took your hand the first time, I felt not only the large, warm hand of a young man, but I also felt the small hand of a little boy who held on to me as if I were the rescue he had been waiting for all his life. And my little girl, she, she suddenly felt safe and complete and needed. She was so relieved that finally, finally at last, she was no longer alone in her suffering. We could parent each other, be dual mothers to each other, better, better mothers, good mothers, and we could be fathers to each other too, protective fathers, loving fathers, fathers who were present. We could be children again, the children who lost their childhood to those who crushed them so that they could never actually be children. It was like being born again, given another chance, another opportunity to experience life, to grow up in safety and love and enjoy all the discoveries of growing up together. And it was like that for me. And I think for a while it was like that for you too. Every day was something new. It was growth. It was fun. It was discovery. It was, it was exciting. And it was because of you. And for you, it was because of me that all of that was possible. We did that. We held on and explored the world together with curiosity and amazement and wonder that life could hold such joy and peace and comfort that we got from each other as we were parenting one another. We traveled hand in hand through the cities of the world, 
we discovered simple pleasures and new tastes and smells and sensations. Our conversations were long and easy and illuminating and reassuring. The sound of your voice, your breathing in the night, the scent of your skin and your breath and your hair were organically absorbed into every cell in my being. They live there still. You were like oxygen to me, and I breathed you in until I was full and all was right with the world. And you evolved and learned and grew and blossomed and became. You found your voice, that weak, tremulous voice that you had when I met you was replaced with one of confidence and intelligence and insight and knowing and maturity. I watched it and I celebrated it, that you, you know, not only found your voice, but you steadied your stance. You stood taller and stronger than ever before. You know, we celebrated all of this since your victories were also my victories. You saw me. You heard my voice. For the first time in my life, someone actually saw me and heard me. Can you imagine what that meant? To be given a cool drink after a lifetime of starvation and endless thirst? And I saw you too. I felt you. I felt you in my bones. I merged with you to become one. Our beauty was a curse. Predators were drawn to us. The needy wanted to swallow us whole. The broken, they thought that we could heal them with one touch. They only wanted our bodies, our mouth and our hands and our private parts. Their ugliness was diminished somehow, and they felt more beautiful and more desirable and more valuable after taking our flesh. If we had been ordinary or unattractive people, perhaps we could have remained innocent. But the truth is that none of them, the rabid fans and followers, none of them ever really saw us. They never heard us. We were not human to them. We were just meat to them and nothing more. But you were different. You had the eyes to see. You stared you stared at me, studied me, and showed me that you saw not only who I was, but also you saw the anguished little girl inside of me. And that little girl saw your little boy, plain as day, standing silently, watching, hungry. So we sat beside each other, and we fed from one another until we were full for the very first time in our lives. How could I ever leave that behind? How could I ever leave you? You, How could you ever leave me behind? It seemed so clear that we could never survive without one another. I knew we would always be together, forever. We had to be. Until strong and fat and well-fed, you had to go. Your NPD made you invent reasons to justify it all. I must be punished for failing. 
I must be abandoned to help you separate and become a real boy. The NPD, a shamed-based disorder, tricked your broken brain into thinking that our time was over and that what we had to offer each other was not important anymore. Your sickness made you say the unspeakable things that you said and to do the unthinkable. It twisted you, so you had to twist me too. And then you did what you always did to everything you ever created that was splendid and perfect and breathtakingly gorgeous. You destroyed it. Self-sabotaged. Self-destructed. The inner saboteur ruined everything. You're an artist, and our whole marriage was nothing more than paint on a canvas. Well, I'm an artist, too. I paint with words. I remember how you spent weeks drawing a dragon for submission to a Magic the Gathering platform that could turn your work into a playing card. One day, it was finished, and it was the most intricate, perfect dragon I had ever seen leathery wings that held life so real it looked like it was going to fly off the screen where you created it. This digital painting that was so magnificent, well, I knew that they were going to commission your work and compensate you well. Then a few days later, you showed it to me again and asked me what I thought. I stared in horror and disbelief as I saw that the dragon had been transformed into a disaster of red paint and mediocrity. Why did you do that to every pure and perfect thing that you ever created? You did it to the portrait of me sitting on the edge of the bed. You did it to the ink sketch of the rooftops through the French doors of our apartment in Paris. You ruined them, destroyed them, trashed them, and you did the same thing to us. But I couldn't walk away. You've been gone now for three years, and that little girl inside me, she cries constantly. She's inconsolable, crying out for you and only you. She keeps me awake at night. I've not slept before the wee hours of the morning now for three years. I don't know how to help her, how to soothe her, feed her, comfort her. She doesn't want to live without you. She is in such pain, and I don't know what to do for her. She trusted you, believed you, and you broke her tiny heart. And then you broke mine, too. I dream you sometimes. You mother me, play daddy to me, and then let our child selves play together, laughing, happy, full at last. I feel your hand on my back, hear you breathing beside me, but no one is there. Life is like a silent movie now. Everything is in black and white and everyone scurries about, but there is no sound no interaction. And I? I'm invisible again. No one sees me or hears me. No one touches me. 
Some have tried with pity or lust or even tenderness of spirit, but I am unreachable, trapped in the cave where I lived with your ghost all those years because you weren't real. And now I'm still trapped there living with the ghost you left behind. I watch silently, my little girl and I. We're always so very, very quiet. Our sadness smothers us, suffocates us, takes our breath so that we cannot participate in life. We're on the outside again, looking in. Just like you were when I found you. Just like your little boy. No voice, no emotion, nothing, just emptiness, just absence. Now, that is all we are, an absence of being. If you briefly find someone to play the part in the fantasy production you create, to become your newest portrait for a while, it will end the same, and you will lurk about playing victim, playing hero, playing. That's all you know. And then you will repeat the whole thing again and again, over and over, always thinking the grass is greener in your delusional fantasy reality with someone who will save you until she doesn't and then falls from grace. That's always how it's going to end. If you chase success, you will most likely find it, but then you will ruin it. It's all you know how to do. That's all you can do. That's always how it ends. And so it goes. I hang there, suspended in the remnants of your web, sucked dry, wrapped in silk, silent and suffering, tucked away, out of sight, forgotten. But I remember how we were together. I watched the world pass by, but cannot join it. Trapped in limbo, in purgatory, paralyzed and numb. That is why I remain immobile, frozen. That is why I am invisible again. Heaven help me. Heaven help me. That is why I can never leave you behind.